The Okie Geek Podcast is brought to you by Okie Comics, a bi-monthly anthology publication showcasing the talents of Oklahoma creators with stories featuring Oklahoma. Copies are available at Half Price Books, Edmund Unplugged, Loot and XP, Boarding House, Paseo Plunge, Museum of Osteology, Commonplace Books, as well as your favorite comic book store and nearest library. You can find out more locations and more information at okiecomics.com. Greetings and salutations, my fellow geeks, and welcome to Okie Geek Podcast, brought to you by Okie Comics. I'm Michael Cross. Well, coming up on December 7th, you can get your geek on at the Edmund Minicon. The one-day event at Edmund Memorial High School includes board games, comics, D&D, and panels, as well as tabletop and video games. Here to bring us all the info, Greg Oppel and Melanie Stevens. Guys, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks. So tell us about... Edmund Minicon. Now, I understand this is the fourth year, right? Is that correct? Yes, that's right. <laughs> uh, the fourth time in five years, uh, our founder, Jennifer Babb, uh, who was our media uh, specialist, started the uh, event and held it for two years. And then she had to retire, um, unfortunately, due to health reasons. So we took a year off, and this is our second year back. Um, even better and bigger. <laughs> bigger, better, and better than ever. Fantastic. What can what can people expect this year? Well, we've got a few panels that our students are helping out with that um, we'll have students and teachers just kind of doing roundtable discussions on different topics. We've got some D&D games that we're hoping to have. So we'll have some DMs that will teach people how to set up character sheets, uh, do a quick, like, how to play in like 45 minutes to an hour. And then we'll also have some longer one-shot games going on. And we've been working with uh, Mike up at Edmund Unplugged Mm -hmm. to get him uh, and some of his people out. And then we'll also have some video games, hopefully a Smash Brothers tournament, I think. And what else? We have a new uh, eSports team. We have to uh, verify this, but we're hoping that they'll participate with us and uh, maybe do some demos and then also um, maybe help run some of these tournaments and some of the game rooms. That's amazing. So, so what, uh, what, what do we have an idea of the, what the panels are going to be? Or are we still kind of working those out? We just started meeting with students to work those out in very specific terms this week. Mm-hmm. But so far, the three panels that I've been working with students on are how to be self-confident, also girls in gaming and uh, a panel on diversity in like our modern media and gaming and stuff like that. Those last two especially go together. I think we, uh, I I was talking to a friend or the last, the last panel we had, the last show we had talking about, hopefully there is that feeling in the geek community that we are trying to become more diversity and more inclusive. Do you feel that that's happening or do you think there's some kind of pushback as well? Um, In my experience, I think yes. I mean, when, yes, that there is more diversity. When I was in high school, I desperately wanted to play D&D and my group of guy friends were all playing and so I made a character sheet and then they moved on to the next thing and I was like, okay, I guess I'm not going to play anymore. And then it took me an unfortunate, like, 15 years to get the confidence back up to like Mm -hmm. start it. 
But then when I did, I met our fantastic DM at school, Kate Swearingen, who runs the faculty D&D group that we have at Edmund Memorial. And um, You have a, and the faculty plays D&D at Edmund Memorial? Yes, we do. <laughs> it's kind of amazing. Uh, even got one of our assistant principals in on it. She's Hilarious. also the um, sponsor of the esports team, so she yeah. wears many hats. Oh, wow. Yeah. That is amazing. Um, and she's been playing for years. And then I started a student group very recently, and I've got four or five girls. Like, half of the group that's shown up has been girls. Mm-hmm. And so I'm seeing a lot more of that now. And... Yeah. So yes. Yeah. My well, my wife plays. We we play at Edmund Unplugged on Friday nights. Uh, my wife and I, and she teaches at um, uh, Angie Debo and Elementary. And she, it's it's amazing. Once you start playing, it's like you start wrecking. People start talking to you about it. Then most of them play as well. They just we're starting to be able to come out of the Dungeons and Dragons closet. Yes. Um, it's because for the longest time it was. I played it back in the eighties, and it was embarrassing. To, to play Dungeons and Dragons. Now it's kind of cool. Yeah. And accepted. Or at least I hope so. <laughs> I'd say Stranger Things has helped with that too. Yes. Yeah. I actually Well and then also Vin Diesel and, and other people. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know about him. Right. Um there was a, a fan fiction, I can't remember what it was called, that I was reading when I was very early in college. So like the early two thousands, um, early mid to two thousands. And that was another thing that really, like, piqued my interest in D&D because it was talking about these D&D characters off at college. And mm-hmm. it was much darker then, but um, <laughs> I'm glad it's shifted away from that kind of mentality. Yeah. I, it, well, I, I, love the, the, I love the system now, the 5E system. I kind of, although I was watching the um, Eye of the Beholder, the new documentary on the art of Dungeons & Dragons, and you watch... 40 years of art and I kind of wish I'd stayed with it from the eighties to, but I kind of sat out for like 30 years. Um, but, but it's just amazing how much it's become very popular. Um, the more recent, uh, water book, uh, had, uh, more people of different, uh, sexual diversity. Um, it, it, you see the pictures in the five E and in player's handbook, there's more people of color, there's more women. It's like, they're trying to say, look, there are more than just white boys in basements playing this game now. Yes. And so I, I just really love that growth. You, you'd also mentioned about uh, how to be more confident. What yeah. is What is that panel about? So I met with, uh, it was actually a couple of girls last week, and we just talked about like how we have grown as people. Um to be more self-confident, how we all started off as very shy kids, but different things like video games, like Dungeons and Dragons, like books, mm-hmm. specific characters and books have really helped us to see that it it's okay to go out and do things that are scary and it's okay to talk to people even if that's not like your forte because that leads to bigger and better things. And so we just wanna share those experiences with other people and kind of share some resources to help kids recognize that they can be their authentic weird selves mm-hmm. and that doesn't make them like bad or I mean strange is good yeah honestly and so that's what we want to to help spread the geek love yeah and this is really trying to reach out to the, the to this is basically 
for students by students? Is that basically the idea? Yeah. So um, our founder, Jennifer, basically pulled students that were involved in the gaming club and other clubs at school, the anime club, mm -hmm. and had them help create the programming. And we've picked up on that. Melanie's really helped organize the students. We met two weeks ago, last week? Last week, yeah. And um, gave them a lot of poll uh, opportunities for the students to tell us what they were interested in. And they've helped narrow down what the topics are. We've also got the MCU, um, DC comic movie universe, anime. Comic books in general. Comic books potentially. Um, it's definitely student driven because if I or Melanie or others were just driving all of it, our interests are different. I mean, yeah. gaming by far was, uh, video gaming by far was the biggest um, result in our poll finding from the students. We're trying to make sure we incorporate that as well. Definitely student-driven, student-interest-driven. Right, because especially, uh, again, these things have been around for decades, uh, including even video games, although I think it would probably be considered the newest of all the genres. Uh, it's still been around for so long that you've got these young people who I love. I love seeing all these young people, especially when I go to Edmund Unplugged, when I go to PB&J, when I go to these, these gaming, or when I go to a convention. But they don't really necessarily know all the history of it. So maybe having some people talk about the history and, and what's been going on. Yeah, and one of the other things that we might have a panel on, like Harry Potter and Doctor Who as well, uh, we're still kind of feeling out how many students are interested in that. But those things have been going on for years and years as well. And it surprises me when I'm teaching and I try to make a connection to Harry Potter because that was such a an integral part of who I was growing up. Mm -hmm. um, and the kids don't recognize it or they've only ever seen the movies. And I'm just like, oh, guys... <laughs> you've got to come out and learn about this. You don't realize what kind of phenomenon this was just 20, which, oh, 20 years ago. Yeah. You know, yeah our partner, Brooke, who isn't here with us right now, um, is interested in Dungeons and Dragons. And uh, last year on one of the panels for Doctor Who, he and I were throwing out our interest in Doctor Who from 20, 30 years mm -hmm. ago. And some of the students know it from, um, I guess, BBC, but also or BBC America, but also mm -hmm. on online services mm -hmm. too. So it's interesting to see when the students know something before the most recent doctors. David yeah. Tennant being the most popular, obviously. Yeah, I was on a panel with uh, in Stillwater uh, at a at a convention up there, and yeah, I was I I was the sadly the expert on the classic Doctor Who um, because although I love the new one, I just I I sat down in front of Doctor Who to watch in 1980 when it first showed on Channel 13. And I've loved it ever since. And so, but I, I've never felt like if someone comes later to it, if they their first doctor was David Tennant or their first doctor was Peter Capaldi or even uh, Jodie Whittaker, it doesn't matter because you can't fault the person for not being born yet. Um, well, you know. and yeah, showing my age, I didn't start watching until right before Matt Smith came on, mm -hmm. um, but went back and watched David Tennant, and then my best friend was like, no, no, you have to start with Eccleston. And so I went back and watched him and just absolutely fell in love with the whole universe, but haven't quite brought myself to go back and watch some of the older ones. It's a lot. Yeah. And, that's and it's what, very every, different in, yeah. in ways as well. Especially, every time people ask me, it's like, well, should I watch the old ones? I'm like, have you got enough time? Because it took me, I actually did finally watch all the episodes. I mean, I had watched them most mm -hmm. for the most part, but then with... Thanks to the internet, thanks to, you know, I could actually watch, um, thanks to borrowing from the library and doing all this, I could actually watch every episode. And I did, it took me more than a year 
tin watch foil, every uh, episode. Yeah, and, it, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. The, you've got to really want to watch these, especially since some of them are lost episodes and they're yeah. just pictures with audio underneath. You know? Yeah, and you mentioned the library. That's another uh, group that we're trying to work with um, to make the sure the Metro that, Library. Yeah, yeah to make sure that them. kids realize that they have these resources. Because again, when I ask my students, do you have a library card? So many of them say no. And I was talking with uh, Catherine Lewis, the teen services librarian up at Edmund Unplug, or not Edmund Unplug, sorry, Edmund Library. Mm -hmm. And she was talking about how they've been running like murder mystery dinners and escape rooms and all these different things and how she wants to get like a young writers group and all of this stuff. But our kids just don't, seek that stuff out and they don't know about it. So we really want to just show them what things are available for them to participate in in the local area. Sure. And they, they were at our event so last year. Yeah. So we're hoping they'll come back again. And part of it is that in-person experience. I was at the downtown library yesterday for another event and I happened to see advertisements for uh, some panels they were doing on graphic novels. Mm -hmm. And that's a reminder, too, that they can check out a lot of these resources through the library, the videos, but also the graphic novels and comics and yeah. and science fiction novels and fantasy. It's Fun all fact, there. I learned you can check out Dungeons & Dragons books. Yes, you can. From the Metro Library, which I've done. And you can do all sorts of audio books. You can do all sorts of through, yeah. the, through the digital sites. You can get uh, books on Kindle. It, it's no longer just a static place for books. It has yeah. become a part of the community. It's what I tried to tell people. I've had a library card for decades because it's always been a, more than just a place to get books. It's a place, it's a resource that is, that is part of the, you know, the, the community. And yeah, that'd be great to have them part of the, the Minicon as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so we've also got video games. Talk to me about what were eSports for, for people who don't know, what is eSports? I am not for the anyone expert over on that. the over 28 to 25. Yeah, um, our experts probably not here who'd be Kate, but um, I know I think it's Jinx or Tulsa Union, one of the uh, mm -hmm. Tulsa area schools started an esports team. I want to say last school year, if not last calendar year, and this year it's brand new for us. Um, they've already had one maybe informal competition, and they a scrimmage, I, know, I think. Okay, uh, and they have one coming up, and basically she's got more students than she League knows what to Legends? do with. Is that what they're playing? Okay. Okay. And she's coaching teams at playing against each other and stuff like that. And apparently there's like all these scholarships that are out there for esports, which surprises me. But I guess I shouldn't be surprised by that. And, and, yeah. and uh, outside of the school environment, there are all kind of competitive leagues. And I'm, I'm a government teacher and we've been talking about how uh, there was a game player in Hong Kong who actually was part of a protest and became sort of an international incident because mm -hmm. he was stripped of his championship and then given back. So right. it has global reach. Uh, so our students are starting to participate in that. We're trying to, we're building, they, she's built a team, but we're looking at maybe even being able to have a class for it next year, a competition class, just like we have a seventh hour athletics mm -hmm. course. So, uh, or options. Which so. makes me wish again that I was, you know, 16, 17 years old back, you know, when, right. when everyone else was playing football and I was in drama. You know, I mean, that's the only thing I felt I had was drama and music, but, but it would be, and the esports are, are being picked up by ESPN. Uh, you have people playing s these games on YouTube and making lots and lots of money. They're oh yeah. Between Twitch and YouTube yeah. and all the, yeah, the resources, uh, the, and, and, uh, 
small arenas and stadiums will be filled with attendees watching the video game play, which for me as a sports fan growing up is interesting to observe. And I tell us uh, other adults who can't really fathom it, but this is another example of the change uh, that younger people have gone through by mm-hmm. instead of watching on TV, perhaps they'll watch streaming services or YouTube and they're following esports just like people in my day would have followed athletics. Exactly. So that's amazing. And I'm loving that idea. Um, for your, for your D and D, is that, uh, is that going to be an AL? Do you know if that's gonna be adventures league? I'm not sure. Okay. I haven't spoken to any of the DMS that are coming at this point. Um, which is basically the organized play, but right. uh, you know, uh, but I think I, either way, it, it's it, the idea of, of getting these these young people to to learn because I think that D and D helps with writing. Yeah, I think it helps with it. Also helps some of the introverts become a little bit more extroverted. And I, I when I'm playing with, and I know I've got an introverted person at my table. Yes, <laughs> it's really hard for me not to be the bard, go out and do. The, so sometimes I'll like play the the dwarf that tries to hold back. So allowing some of these these younger people who need to get out of their shell to do it because they can do that with D&D. Yeah, that's absolutely been my experience on the reverse of that. I am very shy. And it, one of the reasons that D&D has been difficult for me is I don't like to put on that performance. Mm-hmm. And I have to really like process and think about what my character would do and not just what I would do. Um, so I actually play like a rogue assassin and I hold all the money and everyone jokes about how that's a terrible idea. And I'm like, but no, I'm such an honest person. I would never steal from you, but that's me. And that's not my character. And so like teaching them those kind of things is, is interesting. Yeah. And character development. Yeah. Again, we're, we're talking about hopefully teaching young people to be able to write. I, I write now because of Dungeons and Dragons, you know? Yeah. Brooke actually mentioned to me a little while ago, he was like, you know, you're running this group outside of class. Why don't you propose a class for it and tie in all of the, the game theory and the math and all the creative writing and the performance and speaking and listening aspect and see if you could propose that as a class, which oh, I think yeah. is an interesting idea, except... I haven't heard about this. This is exciting. I know. I don't think it's going to happen. Oh. At least not right <laughs> <Try>. away. <laughs> I don't think I would get to teach it because I'm I'm a core English class right. and we've got big groups of students, so... Do I want to propose it so someone else can teach it? I don't know. Oh, yeah. Make someone <laughs> That's else That's me being selfish, though. But there is, there's problem solving. Yeah. There's, there's so much involved in Dungeons & Dragons that that I think is... is, is and also, I can, not just Dungeons & Dragons. Let's, let's just pull away just to role-playing in general, role-playing tabletop gaming in general. Because that'll be a part of it, too. Yeah. Yes. Is, it, is, it, is it pulls of people... First off, I, no problem, nothing against video games. Uh, obviously, we very much enjoy video games. But it pulls them away from the screen and on a table with real live people. And that's just as important. And kids are recognizing it. So that's, mm-hmm. that's the beauty of it. We're not teaching them anything about that. They're going, yeah, we know. We're playing them. That's why we're playing them. Yeah. Uh, your friend Caleb from Red Six was there last mm-hmm. year helping with tabletop gaming. Yeah. yeah. So that was really nice. Yeah. And with board games and stuff like that, I love that those kinds of things are having a resurgence as well. And that we've got these great game lounges um, in in Edmond and in Norman and places like that. And we've got um, the UCO Chess and Games Club. We've reached out to them and we'll have some people come out and help us with some other board games. And then also maybe teaching 
kids some of the games that they've developed mm -hmm. and run some of those games as well. One of our teachers, yeah. Amanda, has looked to build a board game club at school. We're still working on that. Yeah. Which is good. Yeah, because I, board games, and what I love is, is board games can be as complicated as, uh, well, the, the two-hour games, but they can also be as short as, you know, 15, 20-minute games. You just keep wanting to play. I my, my, my mother was having a surgery done, and all the family was kind of at the hospital waiting for the surgery to be over. And it was near my house. Someone goes, hey, Michael, why don't you go around home and grab some games? And I'm like, hold on, I'll be right back. You know, so I go home and I grab Magic words. And I grab, yeah, I mean, I'm grabbing all these games, just but short games that I don't have to teach you much. I can just sit down and play it, but not necessarily your monopolies or your clues right. or it's stuff. Some of the fun Caleb had last year was showing some Canadian games to the kids. Oh, and they cool. were literally... Um, I can't remember the names of any of them, but the gameplay was short. But mm -hmm. The kids had a lot of fun. I kept kind of checking to see what was going on, and there was a lot of laughter, and just two or three kids, but it, it went really well. So, yeah. yeah. The uh, the game, uh, of course, the one I always go to, and uh, all my listeners will, will certainly know this, uh, Ticket to Ride uh, is one of my favorites because with Ticket to Ride, it looks like the most complicated game ever when you set it out. But it's very simple. It's easy to play, and it just takes a few minutes and so much fun that when you're done playing, you immediately go, break down the board let's play it again because mm -hmm. it's just that much fun um and that's what i've i've found with board games in the past few years is really being creative and seeing all these fun things that are out there do you just keep wanting to play over and over again again with real life people around you yeah yeah and i think one great thing about the minicon is that we were really committed to trying to have a broad probably too broad at times but yeah. a broad <laughs> group of offerings so that there were all these different exposing the students to all these different opportunities. Uh, obviously, it's driven by their interests, but we want to have lots of options for them to be able to explore and learn from, too. What, what, how long, what, or what, what are the hours of your mini-con? Uh, 10 to 2, so 10, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. And we've got a couple school organizations that'll be offering food and drink, we think, yeah. so people won't have to leave during That's that awesome. time. And just a reminder, where's, where's Memorial? 1000 uh, East 15th Street. Yes. Between Bryant and Boulevard, Boulevard. Mm -hmm. which they're they're going they're going through a lot of construction right now, isn't that where I've, I've been? By Parking there. lots, yeah. But it's we, it's sort of been a, yeah, it's sort of been a permanent existence at our school. But, yeah. <laughs> Undergoing um, permanent like I thirty five. If people take a look at our Edmund Minicon Facebook page, mm -hmm. we will we've been updating uh, some of our uh, vendors who are coming in like. Uh, All-Star Comics, Hobbytown in Edmond, uh, New World Comics, uh, some local uh, vendors like Jennifer's Potpourri and Teresa Henson are making handmade items like art and crochet and the like. But on our uh, Facebook page, we'll update and have reminders about how to how best to get on campus to mm -hmm. avoid any kind of construction problems. Which is, yeah, like I said, it's, 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 it's not that easy. But so this, this again, it's, it's, it seems to be by students, for students, but adults are, I'm guessing, are, are welcome to come join. Yeah, especially um, adults with families if they mm -hmm. want to bring their, their littles with them because we'll have makerspace, like craft stations as well. Um, Some of our vendors will have things out for sale and demonstration, and others will be there helping volu uh, volunteering. So we're hoping that maybe a few parents will get ideas for Christmas shopping for their family, mm -hmm. yes. um, either on site or to follow up with it with our vendors. And it's on a Saturday. Had you ever thought about making it a little bit longer? I mean, four hours is really, really short. So this is actually double the time that we've done in the past. <laughs> we've always done it after school on like a Thursday or Friday for mm -hmm. just a couple of hours. And we kind of bounced around the idea 
I think it was Greg's idea last year that maybe we should move it to a weekend and actually extend the time to allow more students and more families to come out and really experience a bunch of different things and not make it so rushed. So if we can coordinate it and get all our volunteers and then also our community uh, sponsors and helpers uh, together this year, Mm -hmm. we might be able to extend it in the future. That would be the goal. But I think um, Melanie rightly put the brakes on me at times saying, hey, we could make it longer, uh, but we need to make sure we can get all the our bases covered in the beginning. Yeah. So I think the best result for us would be for everyone to be disappointed when it was over saying, gosh, is it over now? Is it not going to be going on longer? And then we can be ready for next year. Yeah, well, the beauty of also where Edmund is right now, and there's so much to do. I mean, if if you if you get done with that, uh, you could go up to Edmund Unplugged. Exactly. You could go to the Edmund Library. You could go PB and J. You could go. There are different places. And one one of the best things about these these board game places is they're used to just just a few years ago. It was Game HQ on Southwestern was the yeah. only board game place. Then Luton XP opens in Norman. Then uh, Edmund Unplugged opens, and PB&J opens. And uh, we've got the Game Lounge down in Midwest City. All of a sudden, there's these places to go uh, where I don't... Growing up, there was so, it was so hard to find places to hang out that were public places, yeah. not, not just your friend's basement. Yeah. And so hopefully now we can get these people, they can be excited about it, come to the, the Minicon, and then go, start, out and right. go out to the places where you can still play these games. We're still trying to recruit. Um, Brooke and I have a common acquaintance from Dell City. Um, we're trying to recruit their D&D club. Mm-hmm. Brooke uh, brought in some people from Putnam City last year where he used to teach. So the goal, too, um, it's Edmund Minicon because it's hopefully not just Edmund Memorial. It's all the Edmund school communities. But we're trying to recruit as many um, kids and families from other communities, too, and try to make it a school-age uh, event. Sure. And Putnam City, I think, also opened up there to eSports as well. I think I saw a news article. Good that, to that, know. That, that yeah. Putnam City has eSports. Yeah, it, it's really important for me in the planning of this to create a safe space for geeks to show up and a space that's pretty much free for them to explore these different areas. Because there is no cost to enter, yes. Right. right. Um, and so I, it is my goal to open this up to as many people, as many young geeks as possible. Mm-hmm. And to realize that there is, uh, when we're talking about diversity, not only in people, but there's diversity in what you can enjoy and it, maybe there's something you haven't found yet. Yeah, and actually, Mama Don, my my best friend's mom, played her very first D and D game with me a year ago, and absolutely had the best time ever. So diversity in ages as well, because mm-hmm. we have all of these different experiences that we can bring to the table and share, and really have these great experiences. Yeah, there, most recently there was a story on, on Reddit or whatever about uh, some grandmother who her grandson was playing Dungeons and Dragons. So, well, show me this game. And mm-hmm. she had, had recently passed. But his telling of her excitement to be a part of his life, to learn D&D, and she loved it. Yeah. And just got into it because that again, there is there's the stigma. Let's not you know, not only the stigma of the satanic panic of the eighties, but also <laughs> just simply the stigma of just playing again, it's supposed to be a white boys playing in their basement. And that's not what this is about. This is about everybody just bringing their own abilities to the game. When we got uh, the, the game I play with on Saturday nights at PB and J, uh, we're, 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 we're going to, we've got a, 
dad and his daughter are going to be playing. Uh, we've got two younger kids. They're about, you know, in their mid teens. My son is the DM. He's 13 years old. You know, I, we just, and it's all of it. you know, it, it's, it's people playing from different, different backgrounds, different ages, and we're having a blast doing it. It's also just taking the time to have leisure. I mean, I'm, I'm a workaholic. Yeah. So giving ourselves the excuse Same. to take the common phrase these days is self-care. But you, in your case, you've got family time, also just time for leisure. And for a lot of us, it's in front of a screen, but doesn't have to be. Right. Um, and it gives us an opportunity to stretch our imagination and, um, and have some fun. Yeah, and and it just uh, hopefully a time to teach kids about what what's available to them, mm-hmm. and there's so much out there. So why not just go out and have fun and, and enjoy and and show that there's the community. Also, I think that was the other thing was growing up, you had your friends who played either a video game or or or, or Dungeons and Dragons, or you sat around and watched Star Wars or whatever, but you didn't really realize that it went outside of that. Fortunately, the internet has helped yes. show that it is. But still, again, that's a screen. If you go to a physical place, and I guess that's the idea behind the Minicon, is show that there are other people with interests just like yours. Yeah, That's fantastic. Are, how many people do you expect to, to be there? Last year, we had about, what, 40, 50 students? That sounds about right, yeah. Um, hopefully, at least that. Yeah, I know my wife are going to show up. So. Our biggest <laughs> challenge, I think, is just getting the word out. Yeah. Uh, because I think there are built-in audiences for all these different uh, areas of interest, geekdoms and mm-hmm. such. But getting the date out so people can put it on their calendars, first of all. And then second of all, just getting the word out to help. Uh, so we're starting with our own school body. We've been polling our body, student body, and putting out signs, but trying to get the reach out as far as possible. Yeah, like I said, my wife works at Angie DeBeau, and she had sent me... Uh, a thing, the flyers that they're going to be putting out at, uh, at awesome. Angie DeBeau. And she goes, you know, ask me, can you read these? And then, by the way, do you know this is going on? I said, I'm having them on, you know, on the show. So, yes, <laughs> don't worry. Um, yeah, so there's hopefully, uh, if, if, not, if, if not of the outs, other districts, hopefully other districts can pass these out. But certainly at the Edmond Public School District is hopefully going to be also reaching out because there's so many changes in these kids. We've also got to take care of them yeah. because there is, there's, stuff out there on the YouTubes and the, you know, and the Facebooks that we've got to make sure that they're aware that these things are out there and, and there's a community for them that they don't necessarily have to. Yeah. One of the other things that I'm surprised to see more and more of is just the level of anxiety that my, my seniors have, especially. And so like Greg mentioned that games can be self care, like to be able to kind of step back and like really just reset and, enjoy yourself i think that's something that they don't see modeled very often yeah i think uh, i see with a lot of my seniors as well just students in general is that they use let's say digital media and those kinds of resources for procrastination Mm -hmm. and i think what we could help model here is that it needs to be part of a healthy balance in your life for leisure um and a constructive outlet so whether it's creativity or stress release and, and the like yeah, and hopefully also teach the parents that these these things are, you know. That yes, they're, they're, it's good to make time for. Yeah, because we can, the more the parents spend time with their kids, the better the kids are going to be, regardless if they're getting their education and their upbringing from the the internet, it's not going to be enough. It needs to be, it needs to be a family, it needs to be friends, and, and hopefully that these kinds of conventions and these kinds of get-togethers can can actually show that i'm not a member of the D group for our faculty but sometimes i hang out Yet. in the lounge and that's true and watch them but one of the great things about it is that uh, we have members of different departments and then 
um, our new science teacher. Thomas. Thomas, yeah. One of our brand new faculty members, uh, it seemed to me, immediately joined the yeah. group. So it, that even within our faculty, it's modeled an opportunity for new members to come in because he, he seems to be like a young guy to me, too. I don't know how long he's been teaching. So he's, we're trying to welcome all these new teachers into our faculty as part of our family. Mm-hmm. And for the geeks, at least, there's a safe place for them there, too. That's so fantastic. That's been nice to watch from the outside. Well, and one of our members is... Like I said, our assistant principal, and she actually, her daughter comes and plays with us too. So we've got even multi-generations within our faculty group in the same family. Sure, and because as we get older, I mean, it was used to be you went to high school and you basically hung out with kids all your age. As soon as you graduate, that all changes. Yeah. You are now hanging out with people who are much younger than you, much older than you, you and you gotta get along with all these people of different ages, different groups, different backgrounds. And, and if you can find something like board games, something like Dungeons and Dragons, you can bring people together. Uh, it's amazing. Uh, our table, you know, on Edmund Unplugged from my son, who's 13 years old playing all the way up to my wife and I, who are much older, uh, <laughs> 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 uh while well playing at the same table. <laughs> well, and I love talking to, to Mike at Edmund Unplugged because he has told me about the the young groups that he started specifically for mm-hmm. the younger kids. And I just, I love seeing that. Yeah. They're the Friday nights they, they play. Um, uh, uh, Derek is, is the DM there. My, my son was the DM for them for a while. And and he was like, uh, wanted to play on our table. And it's like, okay, we'll come play. But you know, Hey, uh, anyone out there, Derek's always looking for DMs to teach these young people because again, this is how we get them started in imaginative thinking. This is how we get them thinking, uh, how we get them playing cooperatively, because that's the other beauty of D&D. Right. It's cooperative play. Yeah. The student group that I started, I am the DM for them because they all want to play. And I asked what they wanted to do most in their group. And they all said they wanted to play as a character. And I was like, okay, I guess I'll <laughs> learn to be a DM. And it's been really interesting seeing their creativity and their interplay and stuff. And then, you know, you've all got that one kid who wants to be kind of a brat and play against the group. Mm. Um, so just seeing those different things has been really fascinating for me as well. That's wonderful. Okay, so tell people again where and when this is. December 7th. 10 to 2. Edmund Memorial High School. And that's on 15th Street between Bryant and Boulevard. Right. Yeah, in and the Freshman Academy. That's going to be so fantastic. And they can find out more information at? On Facebook, on our, our Facebook page, Edmund Minicon. We're using the hashtag on Twitter. And I guess hashtags technically count on Facebook, uh, Edmund Minicon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so just, so, so just on Facebook, everyone can. And as, you, as, you, as we get closer to it, you're going to have hopefully some more, uh, some, some more information about vendors. And, and, yes, we've and, been pushing that out on our Facebook page panels. as we confirm. Uh, and we will have more information about the panels and um, what activities are available. We have lots of things in the works. We just have to form, uh, finish formulating everything before we can release it publicly. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Fantastic. Thank you so very much for showing up. And we're really, I'm, I know I'm going, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to seeing it. Thanks for having us. Thank, Thank you. you. So that's our show. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Okie Geek Podcast. That's also the address for our Gmail account. Would love to hear from you. You can find me on Twitter at KOSU Michael C. And do you or someone you know have an event coming up, please let us know so we can talk about it on our show. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts. Be sure and subscribe. Also rate us and leave a comment. Until next time, along with Greg Oppel and Melanie Stevens, I'm Michael Cross, reminding you to keep calm and geek on.